Hello, and welcome to Business Beyond Usual. My name is Jeff Church, and I'm joined by my co-host, Katie Coleman. As part of this season of the podcast, we're recording special bonus episodes in addition to our normal cadence. For this season's final bonus episode, we'll be chatting with our fellow MBA2 producers on the BBU team about parting advice we have for the incoming class. And before we get started, I want to encourage you to get in touch. We want to make this podcast a little bit more interactive with the audience this year and next year. And so we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to send us a message at bbupodcast at umich.edu. Again, that is bbupodcast at umich.edu. Feel free to ask us questions, suggest episode topics, or just say hi. We'll spend some time at the beginning of each show reading some of your messages and answering any questions you might have. And with that, let's get started. Today, we're joined by our MBA2 members of the BBU team, as we mentioned, and we're excited to help them pass on some words of wisdom as they reflect on their experience here at Stephen M. Ross School of Business. Panelists, uh, please give our listeners a brief intro of your name, where you're headed post-Ross, city and company, if you're so lucky, um, and give us your favorite Ross memory and favorite BBU pod. Bridget, please fire away. I'd love to. Um, my name is Bridget Manning, obviously an MBA too. Um, after school, I will be heading to Chicago and working at Kraft Heinz with our co-executive producer, Jeff Church. So very lucky to be uh, heading to the same place as Jeff. Um, my favorite BBU podcast is actually the one I was a guest on last year. Um, it was really fun to record and it introduced me to this great group of people and uh, uh, kind of led me to be involved this year. Um, so I really, that one holds a special place in my heart. And Jeff burned me and asked me what facts stood for, for fact group, and I didn't know. Um, and my favorite Ross memory. So I was going to go with Trek, but I'm actually going to pick kind of an underground one. Um, last year, uh, we had a really brutal stats final that ended at like 9 p.m. And I think afterwards, I swear our entire class just met up for a few beers at a brewery downtown. It was pretty casual, but I really felt like everyone was there after we just got rocked. And I loved seeing everyone in the same place. Um, and I kind of felt like that's when we were one big class, uh, you know, and it really felt amazing. So I don't know, that night sticks out in my mind and it was just really fun. All right, Ifuiko, you want to take it from there? Sure. Um, so my name is Ifuiko, and post Ross, I am going to Google in Mountain View. And um, my favorite Ross memory was this time in um, Fall A, where we had this party at Necto. It was such a really nice party, and I really liked it because we had been going through so much with recruiting and trying to like adjust to this whole environment. So to see MBA ones and MBA twos just like drinking and dancing and chatting. It was really, really fun. And I feel like my favorite BBU pod was one I hosted with international students because it was such a really great um, experience to get to listen to other international students like talk about um, how moving countries impacted them, some things that were really useful, some things they, they feel that they would have loved to know before moving. So that whole experience was really great. Yeah, so that's it. Amazing. You want a popcorn? Choose Lauren or Robert. I'll go Lauren here. I don't think I sound like Robert. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so 
Uh, let's see, next year or this summer, I'm headed to Amazon in Seattle. Really excited about that. Um, and uh, favorite Ross memory, I would have to say, goodness, um, there's the holiday show for Risky Business last year. Um, I always cry at Risky shows. I'm like, I get so, I'm so proud of all of our classrooms and they're so talented. I just want, you know, I, I'm just like the biggest fangirl. So I, I, I cry at the Risky shows. Um, and uh, the holiday show last year was really, really nice. I uh, would say my favorite BBU pod. This was my first year on the pod. I, uh, the first long form one that I did with Christina on diverse perspectives was really great. And we got really great feedback from a lot of uh, prospective students. So hopefully that will be a helpful podcast for years to come. So that was, that's I'm a little, you know, bias there, but that, that was my favorite podcast. And um, I'll pass it off to um, Robert to, to share a little bit more about him. Thanks, Lauren. Uh, I'm Robert Loop. After graduation, I'm headed to San Francisco to work for Barclays. And favorite experience, I am going to say the Michigan versus Notre Dame football game last year in the absolutely pouring rain. Um, it was torrential downpour the entire day. It was a night game, and there was a, of course, business school tailgate called Bus, which I'm sure you've heard of by now. Um, just sheets and sheets of rain. Everyone was wearing those plastic ponchos you get at Walgreens. And they, it's amazing how, you know, they seem totally waterproof, but you just stay out that long in that kind of rain and you get totally soaked through, but nobody cared. And everyone was super stoked. Uh, Notre Dame was like single digits ranked. Jeff, you can help me out maybe. Uh, Michigan was basically the underdog nationally televised night game. Um, we are in the stadium, totally not caring about how wet it is. Michigan played phenomenally on the national stage, ruined Notre Dame season, and uh, it led to a really fun night. So that was my favorite memory. Um, and then favorite pod was the one I hosted with Afueco, the Valentine's Day dating relationships pod. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I think it was a topic that was probably like pretty helpful for prospective students, but you know, covering topics they probably wouldn't bother asking during a you know campus visit or something like that. So I uh, really enjoyed doing that one. Awesome. <clears throat> I'll, I'll, I'll take this and then uh, Katie, I'll throw it to you. Um, I think so. I'm, I'm going to Chicago uh, with Kraft Heinz, as Bridget mentioned, um, and we are very excited for that. Um, my favorite Ross memory, um, obviously a ton come to mind and there's a lot pre-COVID that come to mind, but I think one in COVID was particularly helpful um, last fall. Uh, there's a group of guys that made a golf trip up to Northern Michigan uh, and we all got hats for it and our names on it. And it was kind of, uh, we called it the Ross Cup and it was a kind of a Ryder Cup style event. There's a couple pictures from that that are pretty priceless, but that was just a fun uh, reminder of, you know, we had, you know, we were very careful at 10 or 15 guys up there. It was a fun reminder of just kind of some of the camaraderie that we still have at the business school, even, even in the middle of COVID. Um, and so, so that was great. Uh, my favorite BBU pod, I, I did an interview with uh, Dean DeRue for Poets and Quants with Stephanie Simpson as a co-host. Um, that was fun to do just because it felt pretty professional um, and uh, obviously uh, RIP Dean DeRue, but uh, <laughs> that was uh, definitely a, a fun, fun interview to do. It was pretty interesting. Katie, over to you. Yeah. Um, so hello, everyone. I'm Katie Coleman. And after graduation, I will be headed to Austin to work for Dell. Um, I'll have to say 
there's so many different things that I could say is my favorite memory because we've spent a long but short two years here. So I'm going to say a similar memory to Jeff, actually. I did um, a ski trip with about like 10 folks earlier this year. Um, also very COVID safe, tested and things like that before. And it was just nice to get out of Ann Arbor a little bit to see something different, to experience a different part of Michigan. Um, would definitely recommend if you're coming or thinking about Michigan to explore. There are a lot of things to do. Um, I think one of my favorite BBU pods, this is going to be an unexpected one, was my bonus pod that I did on the Pets of Ross. Um, really random, really fun perspective. And it's something that like we don't talk a ton about, but there are a lot of animal lovers here. So that was really fun. Amazing, guys. Awesome. Thanks for sharing those memories. <clears throat> I'm sure we'll carry those for a while with us. Um, Katie, you want to take us uh, through the rest of the pod? Yeah. So with that kind of introductions and everything, maybe we can dig into some more questions. So um, some of our listeners may be prospective students. Some might be rising MBA twos. It really feels weird to say that since we are still MBAs, like don't discount us. We're still here. Um, but we want to give some our listeners some more information about your backgrounds. Um, and first off, I just want to start off with asking you all why you chose Ross to pursue your MBA. I can jump in on that one. Um, so uh, one of the main reason that I chose Ross is um, I feel like I've learned over the course of my life that I can pretty much suffer or accomplish or do anything as long as I love the people around me and the people at Ross are the people that I wanted around me during this experience. I don't really even have more to elaborate on. Like that was really it, just the people. Echoing that. Um the people for sure. Um, my favorite friends from undergrad ended up at Michigan Ross for business school. Um, the BBSA, Black Business Student Association, and the consortium community, you know, welcome me with open arms. Um, and this is a hard experience. Like business school is not the easiest thing to do. I mean, we, we got through it, um, but recruiting and all that stuff, like it's just hard anywhere you go. And to be around people that are supportive of you and really want to see you win. And I've seen that in spades here. I can go next. So I think in addition to the people, something that really drew me to Ross was the focus on um, social impact. Because when I was working previously in consulting, I was always into the figures, into economic um, impacts, and I just really wanted something more. So when I was looking at business schools, I realized that Ross had a ton of resources from Ross Open Roads to um, the Net Impact Gap Projects to different avenues to explore whatever you wanted to, to kind of like find that niche in um, social impact that worked for you was for me a huge reason in coming to Ross. Yeah, I think for me it was, uh, you know, it was definitely the people, uh, as Bridget mentioned, I had a, a huge history with you of them in my family. And so I, I always wanted to come back to Ross um, <clears throat> as a legacy or, or whatever. But um, I think that had to be confirmed, right? And when I visited and met people and, um, you know, everyone was super helpful throughout the admissions process. And I think it was just always so notable how that never went away. Um, people kind of were friendly during the process and then they kind of stayed friendly afterward. Yeah, I think not to beat a dead horse on this, but clearly we all are impacted by the people, right? But I think that when we say that there are so many levels, 
whether that be current students, whether that be alumni, whether that be the professors, whether that be the administration, like, I think it's kind of across the board. And at least that's why I chose Ross. Robert, maybe you have some other color around why you chose it, or maybe you're gonna say the people too. <laughs> I mean, I definitely feel similarly, but for me, I, uh, I was planning on visiting Ross on a trip where I was stopping by another school uh, over the course of a weekend. And I went to Ross first and uh, the moment, this might sound corny, but when I stepped into the Winter Garden, the energy in that place really got me excited. Like people all sitting around, you know, pushing tables together, working together on projects or just like grabbing lunch. I thought if that's gonna be the place where I'm gonna spend a ton of time, um, I, I love that environment and love to be a part of that. Yeah, second. No, I, I love the Winter Garden. Um, I had a similar experience um, walking into that and just having the mass of people there and everyone working on stuff. Um, that was just a ton of fun. Um, it, uh, I guess next question we can jump into. Uh, what is something that you change about your experience? Um, COVID is not allowed <laughs> to be your answer. <laughs> Fuego, let's start with you. Honestly, I thought really, really hard about this question and I don't think I change anything because both the highs and the lows are like really important in making my journey really trans transformational. However, maybe I would like get rid of click races because that was slightly stressful, but I mean, it is part of the system. So yeah, I wouldn't change anything. Robert, what do you think? Yeah. So I, uh, I mean, it's tough when you narrow down non COVID, but, um, if we, if we don't consider COVID at all, uh, like recruiting definitely took up a lot of time and I felt like I, I did make a concerted effort to, to find time to still be participating in other things during recruiting. Cause some people just go full lockdown during it. Um, so I was pretty happy with how I handled that. I guess I would have, um, I would have gone to a few more things during recruiting, even though I probably would have been a little less focused if I did that. The only other thing I could think of is uh, going on an M-Trek year one. I saved that for leading one year two, and I know I'm cheating, but that didn't really work out because of COVID. Um, so I guess I'll say uh, if I could do it all over again, M-Trek year one. Well, I think on a similar note, I mean, I, you know, I, that last spring break before everything shut down, I decided I was overwhelmed from recruiting. And so I just take a quiet week uh, at my cabin up north and not travel. Turns out that was the wrong idea. <laughs> uh, Bridget, what'd you think? So I wouldn't change much either, but I'm going to go in an unexpected route, especially for me and go down the academic path. So whenever you come to school, um, everyone tells you that grades don't matter. Um, and I kind of started doing this my second year, but really my first year, the way I kind of took that piece of advice was to really prioritize recruiting at times over um, academics. And I wish that from day one, I would have more taken that as take more of a risk in trying things and don't care about the grade. And so what I mean by that is like, you know, why don't you just sit down and try something for 30 minutes, try an assignment for 30 minutes without reviewing your notes or without going back and doing it exactly like the teacher did. Like think outside the box, think more free form, act on the information you've learned in class because that's really what like work is like. 
Um, and I did start doing that in my second year during my electives, but I feel like I would have taken more of that, like, take a chance approach, don't just repeat what the professor did in class with some of my core classes first year, if that kind of makes sense. Not sure if I described that very well, but. No, totally. I, I feel similarly. I, I feel like if the question was posed to me, my number one would be academic. Like, I'm kind of one of the bigger proponents of uh, don't worry about grades and, you know, you don't need to put a ton of time into class, but um, you know, I, I wish I kind of dug a little deeper for the motivation to just kind of like get the reps in now on a lot of this stuff, um, as opposed to kind of waiting for the stakes to be higher in kind of real time. So I'm interested to see how I'm able to apply a lot of the things I learned, because as much as we like to say, you know, maybe it's not the most engaging thing. It, it is, it, you learn a lot and you're exposed to a lot. And, um, yeah, sometimes I wish I took that more seriously. Yeah, at this level, it's really up to us to like pick and choose. So even something as simple as like looking at the syllabus and being like, okay, these two things, I don't really know if I'll use these. So maybe won't, you know, those will be busier weeks for me with other things, but these two topics I really want to nail down and I don't want to leave this class without being able to execute them out in the world. Um, that's kind of how I approach my second year, so. Totally. Lauren, what do you have to add? Yeah, I, I would echo the academic piece, but one thing that I'm definitely doing more of now in my second year is uh, going to office hours. I think I only went when there was a fire um, and like as an MBA one when I was like really lost, but um, what I've learned, I mean, the professors here are really brilliant. They're working on really cool things. Yes, they're teaching the core. Or yes, they're teaching these electives, but it's like, I mean, just taking the time to get to, to know them and to make sure you're grasping the material just to, you know, I, I, this is coming from a, a teacher's pet, I guess, but that's something that I would have done a little bit differently. And I'm glad that I've carved out time to do my second year for sure. I wish I'd done it earlier. I agree with that a hundred percent because I'm in a coding class right now and I have like no idea what's going on and I'm just always meeting with the TA. Um, and I wish I had been more comfortable to do that. And Bridget, like you were saying, made sure that I had those few things fundamentally before walking out of the classroom. I think it's it's really helpful to know that, that maybe that's the spin you take on the grades don't matter, not that it's fine, like we'll figure it out sort of spin. <laughs> but um, so just kind of looking at our next question. So this kind of touches on Robert, I think you mentioned the pod episode where we talked about dating. Um, so for those of you who have dated at business school or have been in relationships while here, um, do you think it was a good idea? Is there anything maybe you'd change there? Would you advise people to get into relationships while in business school? We have a, we have a solid no from Lauren shaking her head on you. Uh, you know, I, I, I was not in a relationship during my two years here. Um, but you know, Cinderella maybe swiping a bit um, while we're in school because you're curious, right? You're moving and, but um, I kind of made it a ground rule not to date a classmate. I know that's not like, that's not everyone's rule. Um, and so I just found it really hard to actually pursue that here. I think in general, like business school, you're here for two years. My personal view is that, you know, this is your time to be selfish and you can um, really invest in yourself. And for me, but like, these two years were about like my development. And so really deprioritize that, but also slim pickings out here in, uh, at least for me. <laughs> so <laughs> that's all I'll say. Okay, so I'll contribute to this one because I did the opposite of Lauren and, and uh, I met someone at business school and started dating them while I was here. 
Um, so I guess my view going into it and kind of to the whole dating thing in general was I never want to take it completely off the table or like make it my number one priority because maybe this is the hopeless romantic in me, but I think it just happens when it should happen. Um, and so I just had a clear idea in my mind of what I did not want to prioritize um, or what I did not want to suffer due to a relationship. So one thing that was really important to me is I love having a strong tribe of girlfriends and women around me. And so one thing I tried to do, even though I did start dating someone, was to continue to grow and make really close uh, female relationships and have a really strong female support network so that when I left here, I had that um, remaining with me and I was able to do that and date someone. So I guess it can work out, um, but I don't know that coming in here being you know, number one priority meet someone is, is also not a great way to do it either. I think I, I dated someone while we were here in the same class. I, I think my, my biggest takeaway was just uh, know what you're getting into uh, and know what the repercussions would be if things don't work out. <laughs> you have a lot of overlapping networks and you may get cut out of some networks <laughs> if things don't go well. Um, and that's just a, a high stakes thing that you need to be aware of. If you're going for it, go for it, live life. But I think definitely invest more time in meeting people outside of Ross, you know, use the dating apps, hit the bars when they're open um, or do what you need to do. But there's a large student population outside of Ross at Michigan uh, that make dating um, a good time. Fuego or Robert, any last thoughts on this one? Because you guys hosted that episode. So any parting thoughts? Um, I'm, I've been in a relationship the whole time while at Ross, but you know, if, if for someone who isn't, you're surrounded by people who have the same interests as you, who have a ton of energy and have accomplished a lot, seems like a good environment. I think Lauren really did a good job in like speaking for us single people. So I'm not sure there's like a lot that I can add, but I mean, like um, Jeffrey said, you do need to think about the repercussions when you decide to date someone in your section or in your class. And if you want more from Afuego, go to our bonus episode earlier this season. <laughs> uh, awesome. So, I mean, that's a fun topic that we always like to touch on. Um, and uh, I guess one thing I mentioned was getting outside of the Ross bubble. Uh, and so this kind of transitions into our next question. Um, what is one tactic go-to that you had in your back pocket to quote unquote, pop the Ross bubble? Uh, was there anyone that you hung out with outside of Ross? If there was, how'd you meet them or, uh, you know, how'd you go about that? I think everyone should get to know the dual degree, uh, folks in their class. Um, they are, I'm going to say, I told all my dual degree friends <laughs> that I was going to say this today, but they're the coolest, uh, folks and they, they're so knowledgeable and they are a great entry point to meeting other people outside of um, the business school. And so I was really fortunate to live with um, Jatem Lyons and then Lex Mills, who added on a second um, degree while uh, here at Ross. So, I mean, through informal gatherings, that's been a good way. Um, but I think that everyone should uh, invest time in, in, in um, dual degree folks just to learn about other schools and, and networks outside of that, um, what we have here at Ross. And that applies to the general kind of uh, message that you should always kind of try to extend your network at business school, right? But I think 
it's, it is particularly important to accept those invites when you get them to gatherings that include people from you know law school, med school, um, other schools, or maybe Ann Arbor-based organizations, whether that be sports or something else. Um, just because when you're in the midst of recruiting, um, you need that that sanity check that maybe this company isn't all that it's cracked up to be, or maybe that it is, you know, not as bad as everyone says it is, you know. Yeah, and just going off that too, I was almost thinking about like it's just such a great way to get out in the community and meet new people, right? It's not just the people who are at Michigan, it's the people who live in Ann Arbor. Um, a great way to do that would just be seeking out volunteer organizations. There are humane societies here, if you like pets, there are um, food pantries, things that you can give back to the community and just meet different people. Um, if you're really trying to get out of that Ross bubble, get out of the winter garden, get off of campus. Um, so for me, I kind of like plan trips with people in other schools, you know, to kind of get to see how they were thinking about business school, how they were thinking about careers and different things. And for me, that was really helpful because when I would come back to school, you know, I would have this entirely new perspective as well as my Ross perspective, which was super helpful. And because I also moved countries, I made it really important to keep in touch with my friends back home in Nigeria because being here in the Ross bubble, it's so easy to like lose all those connections over time. So those are like two things that I really prioritize and like trying to get out of the Ross bubble. Bubble. Awesome. For me, it was just uh, going back and visiting my then fiance who was still living in San Francisco. So uh, we made sure to do that every, she would come out and visit, I would go back and visit every few weeks. So that was enough of a break for me while I was at Ross. I pretty much was all in on Ross. So I'm a very strong bubble participant. Um, I'm not a big phone chatter or texter. So my 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 best friends outside the bubble know I I, I go visit them uh, every once in a while. You know, before COVID to get out of the bubble. But I don't know if this is cheating. But I mentioned that I have a strong uh, network of girlfriends here, and I live with five other women. And over the course of these two years, I've actually had a chance to meet a lot of their um, siblings or their own friends from college or the cities they lived in before this. And I actually felt like, even though, again, this is cheating, when my roommate's friends, you know, come to visit or say hi, or just making more relationships with those networks um, from all different cities, uh, and they all do different things, and they're all super interesting people, um, I always enjoyed that. And it, it also gave me a reality check when they would come here and be like, why are you guys like this? Um, and so that's always fun for me. <laughs> Yeah, that, that I can attest, that outside friend. I, I had a story once, one of my buddies was visiting for a football weekend and he was staying with me. And um, it was like after one of the games or it was the night before the game and we were making dinner plans. And I uh, ran into Robert on the street or something. And I was like, uh, oh, we're doing dinner tonight, uh, nine o'clock, Haymaker, you want to go? He's like, yeah, nine o'clock, Haymaker, I'll see you there. And we just kind of parted ways and it was like quick and dirty. And my friend goes, wow, business school. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I guess that was a little kind of transactional, wasn't it? <laughs> so that was very, very tactical of you guys, very to the point, which I think that's a lot of our interactions sometimes are very like, okay, this is what we're doing, break, like whatever. <laughs> um, but looking at our next question, so I know we talked about memories, we talked about some of our favorite events while here at business school. What is one event that you would recommend to an incoming student or an MBA two that they participate in or go to or do? 
And I know it's hard to just pick one, but try to focus mainly on one. I would say um, definitely try to, and, and Lauren mentioned this earlier, but definitely try to attend a Risky show. So Risky has a couple of shows that overlap, I know, with prospective student weekends, especially in the fall. Um, and I know it's also tr kind of hard to get tickets, but two reasons for that is um, if you're a little bit shy, you're in a big concert. So it's kind of like you could just bop. And if you don't really want to talk to that many people, you can kind of do some people watching and get to know the community. Um, but also it's a way to see everyone in the same room enjoying the same thing um, and, and just see what Ross is all about. So that would be one of my most recommended events. I also uh, would highly recommend a risky show. That was uh, one that first came to mind. So another one would be watching the press conference of the crisis challenge. I feel like that's a little more academic focused um, and you would, you don't need to be there for the whole, you know, day before people are formulating their strategy. You could just watch the, the press conference and get a pretty full experience of uh, action-based learning. Speaking of action, uh, if you wanna see a number of people injure themselves, I would do the section Olympics early on. Um, I think we had two or three knees uh, gone from that and crutches that were all around campus for two or three months. Um, but I actually, I didn't go to that. I, I had a friend's wedding that weekend. It was one of the first weekends of business school. And I remember coming back and everyone was talking about section Olympics and just every time it was like, oh no, I wasn't there. <laughs> and so, you know, it's definitely one of the early highlights. I'd, I'd make sure you hit up. Just make sure you have health insurance as someone who is the wounded bird on the field <laughs> signing up for health insurance. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, it's hard for me to say one event. There are a couple, like, I thought MB Gay last year was like absolutely fantastic. I miss it. It was such a great event, um, raising money for I think two local charities. Um, uh, that's a out for business event. Um, I just thought that was a lot of fun. I dressed up as Waldo uh, in drag um, <laughs> myself, um, but that was that was a, that was a really fun event. I don't know if prospective students are gonna there's overlap with that necessarily, but they bring that back um, definitely. Um, go to that and then or like isba had um the diwali event at necto that was another those necto events i never thought i'd say i missed them but there's some that i do miss and those are two really great ones i was gonna say i feel like the, that sequence in january and february of you just it was just banger after banger it was just thursday at necto we had diwali we had afrobeats uh, i think latinx and then uh mb gay and a number of others and they're all so fun. And they're also like in the heart of recruiting. So they're kind of easy to be like, ooh, I don't know if I can handle that, but just go. Like those are definitely highlights. Yeah, it's kind of like one of those things where you don't know what you got until it's gone. And like not having almost some of those events this year, it's been really a bummer. And I think that kind of shows like for those of you who are coming into business school or even rising MA2 is like take advantage of all this stuff because you never know it might not go on, like it might not continue. And I think just taking advantage and leaning into all of these events, I think is huge. So honestly, I'm struggling to pick a single event that I'm gonna mention too, sorry, Jeffrey. So um, the first is Story Lab. This has an academic slash social focus. It's like you get to know the your, um, your classmates, really get to learn their background stories and 
usually when I walk away from such events, I'm like blown away. I'm like, oh my God, do I really have this person in my class? So I really like that. And the second is Afrobeats. Maybe I am biased because my club hosts this event, but then it's like a great way to learn about the African continent in terms of how we um, we dance, the music, and then we also like host... Um, um, that last year, there was a competition called Jollof Wars. It's a big thing back on the continent. If you missed it, too bad. But hopefully there will be more next year. So definitely recommend checking that out. That totally made me think of, I, when you said Afrobeats, I was like Jollof Wars. I was like, all the international uh, cooking that goes on, like take advantage of it. There's so many international students that just make their like native cuisine and it's so good and authentic um, and you're not going to get that chance. So take advantage of that. Um, absolutely. Um, so moving on, um, let's talk about class um, cl in terms of signing up for class, choosing your classes. Um, what was your favorite class at Ross and who was the professor? Also, I really want to make sure everyone hits on what kind of recommendations do you have for picking classes that you wish you knew earlier? Um, I'll selfishly go first on this one. I think the recommendation for picking classes, I think be very in touch with the, uh, I'd map out your two years and be very in touch with the fact that you only have X amount of quarters and what you want to do yourself. Um, I sometimes got obsessed with understanding what everyone else wanted to take, what the highest rated courses were, who the highest rated professors were. The professor ratings aren't always accurate. You can find a professor that you like that some other people don't. Um, so stick to the material and kind of understand what classes you wanna take. Um, and um, also consider classes outside of Ross. Um, and that'll help you if you're just kind of more in tune with what you wanna do and study and, and get out of things that could help you open up just some interesting classes. It's always happening to me where I'm like, oh, what are you in? And someone's like, oh, I'm in this class. And I'm like, wow, how'd you find that? It looks so cool. So that's my two cents. Lauren, you wanna kick us out? I'm trying to figure out what my favorite class is. I feel like I, I wouldn't say I don't have a favorite class. I just feel like a lot of classes were eye-opening, right? Like there are just so many things I hadn't really considered, thought about, and it just like kind of blew my mind. Were they my favorite? Kind of, you know, I was a, you know, working pretty hard in them. So I don't know if it was like super fun, but uh, I'm really enjoying my classes this quarter. I'm doing uh, LBLE, which was a goal of mine um, when I applied to Ross, working with State and Liberty downtown on a marketing, a customer strategy uh, for a retailer. And I'm gonna be going into that um, sector after school. And so, that for me kind of is a, an experience that kind of gels everything that I've learned in core marketing and strategy. And um, I, I, I find that that's like a nice way to kind of wrap up the MBA. Uh, and then I'm also in Fred Feinberg's class. I sat in on his class as a perspective where he taught a lecture to us. He's teaching marketing engineering. That's something that I uh, didn't think I'd have uh, a lot of fun with, but it, I, I just think it's a super useful class and I'm really, um, I'm learning a lot. And so I, I'm really enjoying my classes this quarter as I part ways with Ross. So I'm gonna say my favorite class was uh, Investor Relations with Greg Miller. Um, I am a, I've got a CPA 
CPA in a past life. Uh, I would say this class does not require a CPA. You don't even really do accounting. Um, it is a great topic for anyone who would ever consider being the CEO of a public company, even a private company, because um, it's not heavy on the finance, but it's really about talking to your investors and helping them understand how to evaluate your company. So it's sort of half finance and half public relations. Um, really would recommend it. And it's case-based and it's sort of that classic sort of strategy business school class format where you read a case and uh, you can be cold called at any moment. So it keeps you on your toes. I think my favorite class was not really businessy. Um, and I hate to be that person, but um, it's called building healthy business. And so it actually taught me a lot about how to go about living a healthy life while being in kind of this like I don't know, high pressure work environment, right? Because sometimes we forget about taking care of ourselves. And so every week was a new kind of like health topic. We looked at cases of CrossFit and different like health tech startups and things like that. And then we also just learned about like taking care of ourselves. We did like mindfulness. We did um, different like exercise techniques. We did food logs to make sure we were getting enough nutrients, like things like that, that you wouldn't think you'd be doing in a business school class. We actually tackled, which I thought was super cool. And I think this has kind of been chatted about a little bit, but I think a big rec for me would be take on classes that you think you might be kind of weak in. Um, not just those really cool, interesting, your friends are taking it, but like things that are actually going to help you when you graduate, you're like, oh yeah, I took that accounting class one time on Bitcoin. And now I understand how to do it because I'm at this tech firm. Um, I think just thinking about how these courses actually fit into your life after Ross can be really helpful to navigate through. So um, echoing what um, Katie said, in terms of picking classes, I kind of did a gap analysis to find classes that I was weak in and I needed those classes for my career post MBA. So I went for those classes. And um, for my favorite class, it would be strategy for innovation because we got to have speakers come to class, talk about the technologies they had created and the impact of those technologies. And I really found that fascinating because when I wrote off my internship, I was thinking about recruiting for tech. So that was like um, a front seat into what my career in tech could look like. So, yeah. So um, my advice, I echo what everyone else said, just make sure you know what you need to learn and why you came to business school. But one other piece of advice I would give is you can actually look up all the old syllabus from the course from years past when before you sign up for a course. And I think it's a great idea to read through all the syllabuses, syllabi, I don't know, so <laughs> before when you're considering what classes to register for, because it can tell you one, what kind of workload it is, which is pretty significant. So I take a lot of TO classes and they have an assignment due every single class versus a case-based class where maybe you have like two or three big cases, but no weekly work. But it also gives you insight into what you're actually going to learn because a lot of the names of these classes are like vague or very short. And so I'm a big proponent of reading the syllabus. Um, my favorite class was uh, strategies for growth from the fall. I don't know if anyone else took that one, but uh, it's with Professor Anil Karnani. And the two reasons I love that class are one, he cold calls. Um, and so every week you would read honestly two or three cases. Um, he'd cold called on you and he would really call you on 
your b-school lingo and bluffing so if you go in there and you start using words like synergy or like something that you don't read you know he'll say that's not that's not smart explain why you just said that and he'd basically like talk you back down and realize that you hadn't really thought through or if you did think through he would continue down the path um, and he would pick a star each class so he'd really grill you for like 20 minutes straight and then move on to another star but it just taught me how to I really feel like it taught me how to think and I think I spent the most time on that term paper of any of any assignment that I did at Ross and it was really rewarding so I think that class is uh, I took strategies for growth that class probably is what will ex like what people expect us to do when we graduate and he's just holding us to account and it's very uncomfortable but I do think that people should take a class with Karnani um it's just like tough love man you're getting a, a preview of what the real world will look like but it's good for um you know pressure testing your your thinking um in a safe environment yeah if it's yeah. still zoom world just make sure you go to class on time because if you're there one of the last people you'll be at the top of the zoom list and he might cold call you more than other people so just get there early and his other class too, which I really liked as well, was business and society. And so you kind of debate different societal issues and how you should tackle it. Should the government be involved? Um, and that had an awesome term paper too that I actually really enjoyed writing as well. So cool. So our last question, our last bonus episode of the season, um, and a heavy one, what is any advice that you'd give to someone considering Ross or going into their second year? And so I know there's a lot of different things we touched on. We touched on classes, we touched on getting involved and things like that. So what is just one thing that you would tell someone about what they can expect at Ross? All right, I can go first. So mine's pretty simple. Um, whether you're first year and maybe you just finished up recruiting and have an internship all lined up for this summer, or if you're a prospective student and you're really, you know, thinking that that's going to be your 100% focus for the first few months while you're at Ross. When you're done with that, like think about uh, what you could do with your remaining time at Ross. So people go so hard at recruiting, which is very important, but um, don't think that like you're done once you've got the internship or the job after graduation. There's so many exciting things you can get involved with once you have more time when the internship slash full-time job is, is locked in. So um, don't, don't think that you're done signing up for things um, after the first semester, basically. One thing that I would advise rise second years to consider, um, this is really helpful for, for me is going through business school where you're just presented with every opportunity you've ever dreamt of, right? Like it's hard to stay focused. Um, coming up with that MBA bucket list, revisiting that, kind of recalibrating after the semester, after math is over, what didn't you get to lot, you know, in your last year? What are some things that you want to maybe achieve in, in the coming year? I have like a, a bucket list. I cross things off, uh, you know, have goals like that. And I think that keep that kept me sane during the pandemic, honestly, um, to have something to work towards, but also hold myself accountable to what I wanted to get out of this experience. And so, um, yeah, it just makes me feel like I did everything that I wanted to do here. I think I would echo what Lauren says. Um, I want to disclaim this by saying I am a 1000% extrovert. So I get my energy from spending time with others. But um, I 
think that you should try to say yes to as many things as possible. So I am a yes lady. I try to do it all. I try to squeeze it all in. And I have to say, I did that in my first year while I was recruiting. You can do it. And as someone who, you know, we all got our MBA experience kind of cut off the knees last March, I have very few regrets because I said yes to a lot of things when I still had the opportunity. So as a rising MBA two or someone coming in, you can do it all. Just make it happen. It'll be fine. And it'll be really fun. And that's such a great point too, because I think Bridget, some of my like regrets, if I have any, would be not going to that event because I was tired and I had recruiting all day and I didn't want to go to Nectar that night because the music was going to be blaring in my ears, like that sort of stuff. And now looking back, I'm like, oh, I wish I would have pushed myself a little bit. Like, it's fine. Like you get through it. And I think that that would be my big recommendation. And definitely don't get me wrong. Like Katie, I'm sure you've done this too. Like I've gotten to things and shown up and left like 25 minutes later. Cause I'm just like, wait, I actually am so tired, but you know, just giving yourself that opportunity of like, come on, just like you can do it. Um, yeah, it's just, it's great. And I, I think on the back of that, like, I, I think my message would be just like, when you're coming back from your internship, and you're starting up your second year again, like buy back in. Um, for me, I when I got to business school, I had a lot of trouble motivating myself outside of recruiting, um, just buying into class and like being okay with that environment. I was kind of up on my high horse. Like I was just doing all this, this and this business. Like, why am I doing this now? Like <clears throat> had a little, you know, crisis of confidence there in a way. And then I did my internship and I was, you know, reinvigorated, loved kind of the purpose that kind of work brought me. And um, you know, doing kind of things for money and stuff like that. And then coming back to the second year is starting class again. I, I had trouble getting back into it. And I think my second year I was, I did a lot in the fall. I think in the spring, I didn't do as much or buy into things as much as I could have. I think I could have been more proactive about searching for opportunities and, um, and meeting people that way, um, instead of kind of, you know, waiting for the bars to open or whatever. <laughs> uh, so definitely buy back in, um, you know, obviously class can, um, sometimes feel like it lacks purpose, um, compared to a job, but, um, from my perspective, um, it, it can only benefit you if, if you do that. Um, so my advice goes to incoming rosters. I know we tend to have like specific goals on recruiting classes, but then I really want to urge you to get to know your classmates, especially those with different backgrounds from you, because you get to learn different ways to look at the world, you get to have a different perspective. And I mean, what other place are you really going to get access to 400 other people? So go for it. And I think that is the best way we could end this pod. So with that, Business Beyond Usual is brought to you by the Ross School of Business at the University of Michigan. Executive producers are Jeff Church, Bob Needham, and Katie Coleman. Thank you to Bridget, Afueco, Lauren, and Robert for joining us today to chat about your Ross experience. Signing off for the last time, I'm Katie Coleman. Go Blue, and this is Business Beyond Usual. <laughs>